Welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings. And slither in place. Because this is, is Snakebird. Snakebird. Hey listeners, welcome to another edition of the Snakebird Podcast. We are coming to you live from Snakebird Studios. Not really live, it's recorded, but we're bringing you a what I believe is a fantastic topic today. And I want to preface this because it started as one topic and morphed into another. Originally, we had planned to talk about Jesus um, examining him if he was a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. But as we started to look and as we started to to gauge this through the lens of the snake bird, we found that while this may not ever be a question for most of us that have been in faith for a long time, there are several out there that question Jesus as a legend. Yeah. Did he ever exist? Yeah. And there's there's a lot of people out there that, that try to throw that out. And you, like Josh said, you might not have ever even thought about that before, but we have to address it. And it's it's kind of odd because Jesus is very, very famous. Yes. And, and you know, to think that he never even existed. We're all just kind of, it's kind of a, a made up fictional character. So we have to address the topic. Yeah. The debates on YouTube, the articles that you can find on Google, mm-hmm. it kind of, it was eye opening for me to think that it's even out there that people would, uh, not believe that he did exist, yeah. that he was a fictional character. It's one of those things that you look at it and you're like, oh, I didn't realize this was a thing. Yeah. And <laughs> and for most, it's not. Yeah. Um, and so this is really going to become more of a part one of a part two that we will address at some time down the road. We're still going to look at Jesus as a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord uh, in a coming podcast. But today we wanted to focus on the question is he a legend? Yeah. Is Jesus a legend? So we're going to present you with um, the two sides of the aisle here on, on what is being said. And by the end of this, I think it'll be probably pretty clear what the conclusion is. But um, uh, so where should we start off on a topic like this, Josh? I think we need to talk about why people first and foremost, let's get to the heart of the issue. Why do you think people out there say that Jesus is a legend? I think there's a lot of people today that will fight tooth and nail against realities because those realities force them to truly see that man or woman in the mirror for what they really are. It's Mm. an accountability thing. It is. And that's what Jesus does. If he's real, then we must face his truth. But most don't realize that his reality is what sets us free. That's... Yeah, you said it very well. The thing is, is when God doesn't exist, then you're not accountable to what he requires or to what he's asking. Make your own rules. And that might sound appealing for a while, but that that doesn't work out. And I think most people come to that conclusion when they try it for a while. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. We've asked that question and, and, you know, we want to look it into our, not only, um, Biblically, because we realize that the Bible represents Jesus really well, but I think we need to look at it historically. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have some things and I have some things that we can mention. Um, why don't you go ahead and, and lead us off with okay. uh, some historical facts on why Jesus is not a legend? Okay. 
Well, the first thing I'm going to bring up, this might almost, for any skeptics out there, sound like a conflict of interest, quoting the Bible to prove the Bible, you know, Jesus. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, these books of the Bible, they're not like um, part one, two, and three, these sequels that are doing this character development. This is accounts. These are these books are detailed accounts about a literal person who performed miracles, fulfilled prophecy, was killed, and then rose from the dead. Hmm. So they're they're actually pieces of evidence put together in what we call the Bible. That's you know the Bible's not a book; it's a library. And um, there were only there was over five hundred people that witnessed Jesus walking around after they saw him die three days prior. And the result of that is all these pieces of evidence that we're finding, these accounts, this, these um, texts. So these are firsthand accounts of actual events. That's the first piece of evidence I would throw out there is these accounts in the Bible. They're firsthand accounts. Yeah, and the Gospels, <clears throat> we find that when we read them, they're written, I believe, through the leading of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to different people groups. To different people that needed to know certain things. Like, I love the fact that John writes to the Gnostic group, the people that started to deny that Jesus actually came in bodily form. And, and he writes in such a way saying, hey, this is, this is, this is, this is. I mean, he's like, I touched him. I saw him. Yeah. He was here. You know, he wrote his last because he saw some of the, the challenges that were coming up later on um, in the first century. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, for anyone thinking that, you know, they were they were preparing this doctrine carefully, uh, carefully amongst each other, trying mm -hmm. to form this cult, which we'll address that cult issue in the next uh, Jesus liar, lunatic or Lord. But um, that's that's not what was going on either, because we don't just have people that were believers that wrote about Jesus. We've got extra biblical accounts of Jesus, too. Yeah. While we're on the Gospels, I wanted to share this with you. It's yeah. um, one of my favorite uh, theologians, um, author C.S. Lewis. Uh, he was examining legends. You know, he comes at it from an author view where he's looking at it from um, literal history. Yeah, and he 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 was. Um, looking at the Gospels through the lens of a writer, and he says, Now, as, liter as a literary historian, I am perfectly convinced that whatever else the Gospels are, they are not legends. I have read a great deal of legend, and I'm quite clear that they are not the same sort of thing. They are not artistic enough to be legends. From an imaginative point of view, they are clumsy, and they don't work up to things properly. Most of the life of Jesus is totally unknown to us as the life of anyone else who lived at that time. And no people building up a legend would allow that to be so. Apart from the bits of Platonic dialogues, there is no conversation that I know of in ancient literature like the fourth gospel. There is nothing, even in modern literature, until about a hundred years ago when the realistic novel came into existence. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point of view. To, to look at. Yeah. Legends ramp up. Mm -hmm. They don't stay steady. Yeah. They it's, get bigger and fish stories longer, you know. That's a good point. Yeah. It really is because it, it's not written like that. No. It's, and, and there's a lot of different authors here from different angles writing <laughs> yes. about Jesus and none of them are written like that. Yeah. It's for, not spin. No, exactly. From all over. Yeah. And 
people that would never, whose histories would never clash. They would never uh, come together. Yeah. Totally from different parts. That's different. a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. So the Gospels, I mean, that's those are pieces of evidence for sure. Um, and you can you can do a lot more research than we just, we're going to skim over some of this stuff, but um, look into that. Um, listener, look into the Gospels. That that's uh, there's more to look at there. Um, <clears throat> extra biblical accounts of Jesus. We have um, Jewish historian Josephus, Flavius mm-hmm. Josephus, mm-hmm. and he writes about Jesus as a literal person, someone who actually existed. And if you were to think, well, he might be biased because he's Jewish, which is totally not a thing for the Orthodox Jew, but um, uh, he. There's also Roman historians as well. Um, Cornelius Tacitus would be one. Gaius Suetonius would be another. The governor Pliny the Younger. And there's actually a pretty good list of quite a few Roman historians and other people that were not of the faith at all. But they wrote about not just these Christians, but this man named Jesus who got crucified and died and now they worship him. And there's a lot, there's a lot of writings and I'm sure you found probably some others too, Josh, but there's, there's a lot of extra biblical accounts of this man, Jesus who lived. Yes. And those are the ones that I found as well. The interesting thing is when you think about like who's in government these days, we have the internet. And Mm -hmm. so if I wanted to know who the mayor of, St. Swithensburg in Florida <laughs> is, you know, we have this trusty little um, app or, or instrument called Google that we can just search. And yeah. most of the counties keep good records. And so we could find out who's there. When you think about the historians that were alive t- 2000 years ago, for them to come away knowing a Jew mm-hmm. or mentioning a Jew, that was very, that was huge. Yeah. One one author put puts it this way. He says, historians often request two sources of, sources of evidence when piecing together histories. Yet we have an astounding forty two sources within one hundred and fifty years of Jesus' resurrection that support accounts of Jesus. Wow. I mean, it, it's funny how this is kind of a one way street for advocates against you know Jesus being real. They forty two sources. Yeah. And two are only required for most other things. So it's there's a lot of evidence, ancient uh, texts and and whatnot, that that support Jesus was a real person. Yeah. And, you know, I appreciate the fact that in the time that I've known you and the time that you've known me, we don't just take things at face value. That's part of what being a snakebird is. And so... I read through multiple um, atheist articles that said why Jesus didn't exist. And so far, when you push this up and you hold it up against the historical accounts, you there's no denying that he did exist. I mean, we talked about it briefly and just in jest, but think about the term A.D. and B.C. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The entire world, believer or not, recognizes this turning point in history between B.C. and A.D. That is revolved around Jesus Christ. It's crazy. I mean, do we have time changes that lasted around any other myth that you can think of? 
I can't. I can't either. I and think I, there's just BC and AD. And I've heard of some atheists that say it through clenched teeth because they're yeah, so upset yeah. about it. They came up with BCE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> e is evidence. Where's the evidence? There's, there's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of evidence. <laughs> we, we always want to look at it through the eyes of somebody who says, I don't believe and this is why. But in doing that... We are coming up against the same arguments we would present to ourselves. Yeah. And, and I have presented these to myself. I mean, there was a point. I think everyone needs to give an honest look at why they believe what they believe. Yeah. And this is, this is part of that. So It never hurts to play devil's advocate to make mm-hmm. sure our faith is not uh, mush. It's not in sinking sand. It's always got a firm foundation. Did you know that in... 2007, they launched something in the United States called the Jesus Project. I've which, heard of that. It was what well, it was five year investigation by 32 different scholars working trying to work together to examine the historicity of Jesus. It, they didn't complete it. They <laughs> they couldn't agree. Oh gosh, <laughs> I've heard of that. But yeah, they this has become a topic. But it's only really in recent years where it's funny how the loudest voices get the most attention. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't. I honestly don't care what you're talking about. This could be any topic. The the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah. And um, one author puts it this. Uh, they wrote this. Some authors have even argued that Jesus of Na- Nazareth was doubly non-existent, contending that both Jesus and Nazareth are both Christian inventions. It is worth noting, though, that the two mainstream historians who have written the most against these hyperceptical arguments are atheists, Maurice Casey and Bart Ehrman. There's two guys that have a platform. Now, I know there's more than two, but loud voices. They're the loudest. And they they cause some waves, and then people are forced. But the problem is, oftentimes, stuff like this will get printed on page one, and it'll get corrected on page 11. Mm -hmm. And so it's already done the damage to people's faith. It's already done. But the truth of the matter is, not a single, not a single piece of evidence against Jesus being real has gone unrefuted. I mean, it, it, every single thing that I've seen, it's, it's pretty weak arguments. It really is. So we were talking about historical, um, especially accounts. Mm-hmm. And I remember in one of the atheist uh, articles supporting why Jesus didn't exist, they were talking about the eclipse or the darkness that fell while Jesus was on the cross yeah. after after basically he was forsaken mm-hmm. and he gave up his spirit. And the guy that was writing the article said, I couldn't find any mentions. And then in doing the research that I know that you said you did and I did, we both came across Thallus, who yeah. was a Samaritan historian, who recorded a darkness or an eclipse on a certain day. And then also who? And then also um, Phlegon, I think, <laughs> yeah. maybe. <laughs> Sorry, I threw you under the bus to, yeah. to pronounce the Klingon name. <laughs> Phlegon. <laughs> no, Phlegon the Magnificent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another historian. Another historian. I don't mm-hmm. think his name was the Magnificent, but <laughs> he existed and he reported uh, an eclipse yeah. during that time. Yeah, Thallus quoted, On the whole world there pressed a most fearful darkness, and the rocks were rent by an earthquake. I mean, that sounds like quite an event. Yes. And it here it is recorded, and we have something very similar that happened in Mark 15, Matthew 27, Luke 23. 
this was reported by extra biblical sources as well. And yes, anytime you see these, um, these pieces of evidence, you're going to have people say, oh no, you see that can't be trusted because of this and that can't be. And it's almost, it's crazy how much, um, things get thrown out just because, oh, that's not credible. That's not credible. It's like the ostrich in the, in the sand with his head in the sand. Uh, and I, I maybe I know that I'm biased because I've come to the conclusion, but um, anybody who's who's listening, if you get into this stuff, um, I believe you'll see it too because there's so much evidence. Well, it's so depressing because I realized that you you had said Bart Ehrman before, and mm-hmm. and he's a voice that I've become more and more familiar with because he is a New Testament scholar. That's what you find when you look up his information on like Wikipedia or whatever. And he argues in in um, in favor of a lot of the things from the new testament and yet he throws out so much yeah where he's like oh jesus didn't feed the five thousand he didn't feed the four thousand none of the miracles were real and then we start to get to like the thomas jefferson bible and it breaks my heart that he started cutting pieces out to the point where it only got to be like 80 pages Mm -hmm. and i think if we can accept that god is god and he could create light with the word and he could um he could make this whole place in six days and rest on the seventh then we have to believe that he could also bring an eclipse and bring an earthquake and literally the dead could walk during that time Mm -hmm. because of the resurrection power that was going out i think a lot of times people eliminate these areas where faith is required they they want to understand all of it and where they can't, they piece it together where they can. Yeah. They build they build their God. Yeah. And we if we understood all that God did, we would be God. So That's there's true. in that, you know, there there's faith is required in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, um, uh one one thing I found interesting as well was the Roman catacombs. Um it's been estimated that there's like six hundred miles of these subterranean passages. Wow. And yeah, and in these catacombs, there's tons of artwork and like pictographs depicting teachings of this man named Jesus. And that's pretty that's pretty crazy. These were people who were being hunted down and slaughtered for the refusal to denounce their belief in this man, Jesus, as the Messiah. Wow. To actually give your life in your family's life or something, this many people that hid out down there, I mean, they had, they must have had firsthand knowledge that this type of belief was legit to do that. Mm-hmm. And I found that very interesting that there's, um, there's artwork, you know, of, uh, that depicts teachings of Jesus down there in the, in the catacombs as well. Isn't that insane that it talks about in first Corinthians 15, that 500, saw the resurrected Lord. And then it goes on and we have, of course, like Fox's Book of Martyrs and all these people that have died for their faith, whether it's by lions in the Colosseum or by getting um, torched by Nero while he rode around in his chariot, whatever the way it was, if it was a lie and it was all a hoax and it was all um, being perpetuated by a group of radical people, don't you think some of them would have cracked and been like, "Uh -uh, Mm uh-uh, this ain't true. For sure. And that more um, spread, that that story of the breaking more spread than than what has? It would have fizzled out. Yes. um, 
But like you said, it didn't fizzle out. It went, it grew fast. It went viral. It did. Um, One author, Wayne Jackson, says, There is no logical way to explain how the Christian system started and grew so rapidly, except for the fact that adherents knew of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Christianity itself is a monument to the vibrant presence of God's Son in history. And that's, I think that's so true. The the evidence of how it, it spread so quickly, and it didn't crumble, like you said, under the weight of, of death and torture and watching your your little kid and your mm. wife and, you know, you know, your family being killed. They had to have known, I mean, really known, that something, you know, they had to have firsthand knowledge that this was legit. Yeah. And I mean, it's Acts 1-8 all over again. Yeah. You shall receive the Holy Spirit, you know, and basically my name will go out to Jerusalem, Judea, yeah. and to the ends of the earth. Do you want to hear something on a lighter note that's kind of funny? <laughs> okay, yeah. So check this out. I actually came across some some rebuttals against how it spread so fast. And skeptics actually claim the rapid spread of Christianity was caused by Volcano Vesuvius. <laughs> basically it scared them into the world oh and, and they kind of like rubbed off on the people that they <laughs> like in Pompeii and all of the other <laughs> but um yeah and it's funny that they come up with the most asinine you know it really they that sounds did, like clickbait they did it no for real this is this is an actual thing yeah. they did it with the exodus account with the plagues too wow they did they said santorini volcano did that one i mean well i mean it seems the volcano is a popular scapegoat amongst the skeptics so i thought that was interesting yeah but it's actually something being said the volcano did it the volcano did it wow so that's a thing look it up we got google <laughs> Okay, I have a question for you. All right. You know Greek mythology. You know Egyptian mythology. Some of it, yeah. Um, You know, a lot of this is all based on their gods. So as I was looking at this, somebody said, hey, Jesus has an interesting parallel to the god Osiris. Because Osiris was eventually um, killed, Mm -hmm. and he was torn into 14 parts, and then... Later on, his parts were all brought back together, and he was resurrected. They say there's just parallels from the Christian faith to like Egyptian mythology. What would you say to that? I would say that I think it is in us, whether we like it or not, that we realize we need a savior, and people have tried to reinvent it or tried to invent it before it actually came. I think people know. That, that they need a savior, and I think that there's. I mean, what, what I know you've researched this in particular. So, what did you come up with? Well, let me tell you about this. Okay, you've heard of this, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. A British ocean liner that could carry three thousand passengers. It has a top cruising speed of twenty four knots. It had an inadequate number of lifeboats and hit an iceberg on its maiden voyage that tore a hole in the side of the ship and sank with 2,000 passengers on board. What ship would you say that was? The Titanic. Of course we would. Yeah. We would all think that that was the Titanic. Mm -hmm. Do you know the ship that I was just describing was actually called the Titan? 
It was a fictional ship described in Morgan Robertson's book, Wreck of the Titan. It was a fictional story written 14 years before the sinking of the Titanic actually occurred. Wow. And the author of this article that this came from says, parallels prove nothing because the parallel between Osiris and Jesus ends right there. Yeah. Osiris had nothing to do with the sins of all mankind. Yeah. He had nothing to do with the creation of the world. He had nothing to do with living in such a way that was pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I that's, just, that's true. I find that really fascinating and fascinating that somebody wrote about a ship like the Titanic 14 years before and called out what was going to happen. That is, that is fascinating. That's wild. And, you know, Satan always has counterfeits, doesn't he? Yes. And I believe that everything that is not the the way that God has been carving out for humanity all of these years, anything that's a variant of that is going to have bits of truth in the lies because Satan knows that's the best way to get people. That's true. Um, a certain Will Hurd once said, disinformation is more than just lying. It's the denial and twisting of reality in order to present some desired image to the rest of the world. Wow. And I think that's what Satan does. Yeah. He lies and he he has um, denial thrown in people's minds and it takes them not where God is. Yeah. I mean, you just made me think of Satan having a savior complex. Mm -hmm. So much so that we believe that in Revelation, he builds his own unholy trinity. That's right. I mean, he he wants to have that view of the Savior. That's the, the quote-unquote Antichrist that's going to be revealed. It's all about counterfeits with him. Yeah. He, he tries to point it to him. Yeah, and I think that's really the main thing that we talk about when we view Jesus as uh, truth versus a legend. Is It's all about Satan trying to deceive people. Because, mm-hmm. again, if... People can be deceived or they can believe that Jesus never existed, then they're not accountable. Then we're all um, we're all basically descendants from a single cell organism. Mm-hmm. Evolution is a fact, yeah. which I mean, that's I a whole. I can't wait until we do that podcast. Yeah, that's too. a whole nother podcast. <laughs> that's a that's a bag of worms we can't wait to open. Yeah, but it's that's why. We have to be snakebirds. That's why we have to contend with things like this. Even if it's something that we've never even thought of or never considered, mm-hmm. it's worth addressing if there's any doubt in the minds of you as a listener. Yeah, it really is. It's worth mentioning. We don't want to be accused of skipping over something. And I really want to point out right now that I am looking at my notes and I have a lot more that I could add to this. It, But it's not going to do... It's not going to do much more than what you've already heard. I would encourage you, if you think that you haven't heard enough here, go look into it because um, I, I think you're going to come to the same conclusion that we have. It's it's a really silly argument to say that Jesus didn't exist. Yeah. And uh, there's there's a lot of scholars that, that are honest with that, and they've said, yeah, he, he existed, guys. So, I mean, we, we might not believe he was the Son of God, which we'll address later, but... He existed, guys. And if you have genuine responses or genuine questions, again, we're we're always welcome to receive them. And Mm -hmm. um, Stephen has some of his notes that I'm sure he'd be more than happy to copy and paste and send send them along. Mm -hmm. Um, This is 
This is not just a closed discussion. This is a back and forth. Yeah. So let me put it to you point blank, Stephen. Is Jesus a legend? No, Jesus is not a legend. He was and is alive. If I could say anything, I would say he's legendary because he's amazing and he's our Lord and Savior. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we want to address him as, was he a liar? Was he a lunatic? Or is he the Lord? Which, I mean, you know where we're going to land, but it's worth looking at because it, it deserves a discussion and we'll address that in a future podcast. Yeah, they're fair questions. Was he a cult leader? Was he trying to get attention for himself? Ooh. We're gonna we're gonna address that stuff in what another episode. What was his uh, ambition? His motives? Yes. You know? yeah. yeah, we're gonna address those things and play devil's advocate. And uh, I hope you're here to hear that one too. But we had to get away, or we had to get out of the way. Was he even real? And yes, he was. Yeah, simple, um, straight to the point. Um, hopefully, we answered the questions that you have. Mm-hmm. If we did not. You're welcome to connect with us. Yes. We always encourage that. We have our Facebook that you can private message us on or you can comment on. You can also send us an email at connect at beasnakebird.com. Go to Be a Snakebird. That's our website, and you can find a lot of useful information there. And um, we ask also that you would uh, consider subscribing to the podcast. Yeah. And also sharing it. Yeah, that's a great way that you can help us out. If this has benefited you, please share us with your friends. And uh, that would really be a great way to help out the Snake Bird Podcast. Yeah, and while we feel like maybe this was a real simplistic topic, it did garner a look. And uh, we'll continue throwing some good stuff your way. If you say, hey, that wasn't good at all, well, why don't you suggest a topic yeah. and we'll try to address that as well. Because, yeah. you know, we, we're we out here and we're just praying and asking God saying, hey, what do we need to talk about? What do we need to address? And we would love to have some feedback. Yeah. If you walked away from this feeling like you didn't get much out of it, we're not doing our jobs like we're trying to. So let us know so that we can address whatever issues are out there. This is the modern day. We're addressing modern topics. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, snake birds, always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus. And be a a snake snake bird. bird.